This is Sean Cannon, a.k.a. Mike Barnes from the Cobra Kai. If you're not listening to Fourth Cut Reviews with Chris and EJ, well, then you might as well just go study some of that Miyagi-Do crap, losers. I'm your host, EJ Leeson, and with me today is my co-host with the most, Chris Conforti. How's it going, buddy? I am doing well. I am excited to talk about this movie today. How about you? Oh, I'm very excited to talk about this movie today for many reasons, mostly out of love. Um, and yes, I just love this movie. Uh, but before we get into the movie... Let's introduce our guest, slash probably co-host at this point as well. But uh, I I love this dude. He is the best Chris R that has ever lived in Chris R in any life. Uh, Chris R, how's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, dude. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, we'll uh, see if you guys keep the same energy. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, our opinions on this one might vary, but uh, I'm sure the audience will appreciate both sides of the coin. So without further ado, let's talk about the movie we're reviewing today, and that is Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Uh, This is directed by Leonard Nimoy with the story uh, by Leonard Nimoy, and basically the premise is about... (laughs) Uh, to save Earth, the Starfleet has to go back in time and recover two whales. In the future, there's this probe and it's going to destroy Earth unless they can get these whales to communicate with this probe. Uh, and yeah, it, it, this movie is for sure my favorite Star Trek film. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I love what the cast does. It feels like an old uh, Star Trek episode, and um, yeah, I really, really, really love this movie a lot. Over to Chris Conforti, what did you think about this movie, buddy? So, this movie is probably my favorite Star Trek movie. Now, when I was a kid, and this is going back a little bit here, I was born in 1989, my father is a huge Trekkie. So I remember watching all of these movies with him um, when I was a kid. One through six. I remember really loving two. I remember really loving four. I remember really loving six. Now, when I was younger, six was my favorite Star Trek film. But if you don't know who, you know, if you don't know me personally, I'm a huge animal advocate. I I love you know I donate about five thousand dollars a year to anything from wolf conservation to 
whales to sharks to orangutans. I do a lot of um, donations a year to saving habitats and species. Now, I remember way back when you, when I first met you, um, EJ, that is, he was a huge Next Generation fan. And I was always an original series fan. And I remember like, maybe like, this is probably going about six, seven years ago. You decided to revisit the original series and you found out what I had found out that the original series is the best series. Oh, and yeah. you started watching the movies. I went, you know, I need to read. Well, I've seen the movies before. Yeah, you had I've, seen I've them. Seen, yeah. But you were more of a next generation fan when I first met you. No doubt. Yeah. Sure. So when I met you at FYE, you were definitely, and this is going back way back to 2000. Three, two thousand four, you were definitely a next generation fan, and I remember saying I'm like an original series fan, but I hadn't seen them in a while. And you went to go back and you watched the whole original series, you watched the movies. I'm like, you know what? I need to give them all an original, like you know, like a, a chance. Where I was at that point in two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, that area, and. I came up with the idea, like I'm watching them all, and I'm like, you know what? Two's really good. Four is amazing. Six is great. And if you know me, like at that point, I would tell you that Six Undiscovered Country was the best film. But me being who I am and everything that goes along with it, I'm here to tell you that Four is one of the most important films that you can see at this time period right now. And every time I watch it, I go, man, I have to be the person that makes that difference. And that's why I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, dude, I love that. I, I seriously, I love it. I think you're, um, you're right though. It, it's very inspiring to watch a movie like this. Uh, you don't really get to see a lot of films tackle uh you know saving animal species you know so it's it's awesome i don't know i i love it um chris r over to you like what what are your opinions on it um the movie is good i don't think it's the best um i think the story was a little eh that the message was important but the story I had some issues with, um, especially the time travel aspects of it. Um, now, again, keep in mind, coming from this as somebody that has not watched the series. Um, so I'm just going based off of the movies that I've seen. Um, up until this point, they had never really tackled time travel, which I believe they did in a couple episodes um, of the series. But... That's where I had my big issues with it was um, they just did some stuff in like time travel movies that would greatly change the future. And they've resolved it by just like an anecdotal one liner where uh, like the best example of it to me was um, to bargain with a plexiglass company. Scotty gives them this formula to make. I forget. It was some type of aluminum, like ultra thin aluminum um, that had like this great tensile strength. And 
uh, McCoy goes, oh, well, aren't you afraid of changing the future? And you're like, how do you know he didn't? But like, it wasn't even a person. It was a corporation, which to me just screams like, yeah, this corporation is going to start making this in the 80s and exploit the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I have a different, I guess, feeling on that, right? So that's meant to be like a like a one-liner, right? Like he's given them this alloy, this this experimental thing that they don't know about in the 80s that Scotty, McCoy, they all know in, you know, what time period they're at. And they're talking about it. And McCoy, and I think this is actually a good writing aspect of it, right? Like they didn't throw that away, right? They were like, okay, well, this might, this might change the altar of history, right? So McCoy's like, well, we can't just give them this away. And Scotty was like, well, you know, we don't have our ship. We don't know who invented what. So how do we know that he didn't create it? We don't know. So they give yeah. us. So I, I, I guess I interpret that a little bit differently than, than you do. So, uh, yeah, because in Star Trek uh, First Contact, it, it's sort of the same thing. Um, it's about, like, the first time uh, someone travels to space and it, they send out a message and the Vulcans visit earth but the next generation crew kind of helps it along and so it's almost like they're looking up to this character but even though he does do it he does get the help of them too to make it happen so it's almost like they were supposed to be there all along and and in the original series they do go back in time it's in the first season they they do like the exact same thing that they do in yeah. this one. They warp around the sun. So this no, it, is might yeah. be one of those ones where you watch the original series, you might like it a lot more. Yeah. Again, I didn't hate it. I also really did not like the like the protagonist side of things because it wasn't super clear on like why they were going back to get whales to me on my watch through. Like I, I was able to piece it together, but like it was, is this thing just a probe? Is it like space whales are whales alien? Like these were all questions that were kind of coming through my mind as I was watching the series, like as I was watching the show and I greatly appreciated them going back into the eighties and some of it, but I do think a lot of the jokes they had in there was just going to the same well over and over and over again which not gonna blame them it's not they're not the only people to do it um i just i don't know i like compared to the last two like uh two and three i expected far better writing than some of the jokes that were there like it if it was right off of a tv show i would kind of give it a pass uh like the one line that always sticks out to me is when Kirk is trying to explain how Spock is acting so weird and he, he had a little too much LDS and it's just like, eh, the joke just really didn't hit for me and it kind of just came across as like a dad joke. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm going to disagree and this is the reason I'm going to disagree with you on this one. So the probe wasn't a whale that was here. It was an alien species, right? That had contact with whales because whales predate humans on the planet. So the 
probe from every now and then. And keep in mind, like we've been existing on this earth for millions of years, but that's not really anything in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So this probe has had contact with whales who were one of the founders of the planet. And they've had this contact with them and they haven't heard anything for an X amount of time. And we don't know where this probe has came from. We don't know that. But we do know is this probe has been able to contact these whales and the whales themselves are gone. They're extinct. They've been hunted into extinction. So this probe comes in there and says, you know what? We want to try to link up to these whales. So it comes through all the Starfleet bases and it doesn't care about them, right? It just cares singularly about linking up to these whales and it comes here and it does not receive a message so it starts assuming the worst this probe and the probe is right like we could agree with that the probe is right the probe is assuming that the whales which were their friends that were their contacts on this planet are gone and at this point which is in the the 20 like what, like the 2100s in that area, they're gone. They're gone. They're, they're extinct. So this probe has been sent here to try to uh, maintain a connection with these whales. And they get here and they don't have anything. And the probe naturally reacts with, well, what happened to them? So they start shutting down all of our communications, all of our anything. And this is one thing I love about this movie is we like to think about Star Trek, right? It's a futuristic type of film, futuristic type of television series. And it is so far ahead of where we are now. But there are things in this galaxy, there are things in the solar system, there are things, this crazy little thing that we call, I guess, space that are far above where we are now. And it can still destroy us. You know, there are things that are out there that can destroy us. So here's yeah. the thing with that, though. How many times have you watched this movie, Chris? Um, at this point, well, so, so what date are we getting at? Well, my point is, is that you can get a lot, and you will get more and more and more from a movie the more times you watch it, right? I have seen the movie once. Uh, I'm just now. Now, this is what I'm just going with that. It did not do a good enough job, in my opinion, of getting all of that information across. Because, while like you did explain it and I was able to pick up on most of that throughout the movie. There was not a solid explanation to that. And I found myself trying to figure it out and piece it together while I was watching it and it was distracting me from what was actually happening. So I, this is where I think we're having a, a disagreement because I do think that the message is important. I do think that the message comes across clear and honestly, even sometimes maybe a little heavy handed, but not in like, uh, like say no to drugs, dare ad kind of way, but just kind of like they were trying to drive the point home. Um, but even though a message is important, I think you can have a movie that has an important message, but just isn't 
a great movie. Like I don't think the message is what always makes a movie great. Like you can have an okay movie that has a great message behind it, but it doesn't mean just because there's a great message, there's a great movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, I I totally can see what you're saying too. Yeah, I, I, and for me, the there's a lot of really interesting things about this movie. I I know uh, Leonard Nimoy said he wanted after the serious tones of the first three ones, like the first three films, he wanted to do something a little more lighthearted and uh, more cast driven, where it's not you know like space battles. It's more the cast doing a mission together. And um, so I thought you nailed that. I And I do like a lot of the humor in this movie, like him not understanding uh, like the language that we, our colorful language mm-hmm. that we use. <laughs> uh, like that the hell is the bus, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I so I loved a lot of that. And uh, the interesting thing about this, this movie was nominated for four Oscars uh, for Best Original Music, um, Best Effects, Sound Lighting, Best Sound, and Best Cinematography. Um, so, and that would have been 1987 uh, Academy Awards, I think, because this movie came out 86. But, yeah. Um, my first memory of this, I, I was like real super, super young. And I remember my dad was going to see, he took me to go see part five, right? And um, while we're waiting to go into the theater, they were playing part four on like a TV. It's it just like, I was like, oh, this is, that's really cool. But that was like le- legit my first memory. And so there's something really special about this movie that I definitely love a lot. And and I know Catherine Hicks, the actress, right. Who is helping the Starfleet crew get the whales. And at first she's like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, but uh, eventually she understands that they're trying to save the world and that this is probably the best for these whales to begin with, you know? And so, uh, and, and in real life, she ended up becoming like an, a true spokesman for saving mm-hmm. whales. So, I I do want to make this clear. I like it does probably come across like I am not a fan of this movie. I think it was a good movie. Um, I just think it has its problems, which that can be said about ninety nine percent of of the movies and most of the stuff. I yeah. mean, I'm a firm believer with critiquing. I just want to put this out there um, that anything I say, while I am just giving my thoughts on it, I don't mean to take away from anything the actors, directors or anything like that have done. Um, Cause quite honestly, right. they're out there doing it and we're getting to enjoy it because of that. But um, like, I, I liked the movie overall. It was just, there were some parts where it was kind of like, Eh, maybe we could have sped this up here or cut a joke here. Um, I think Catherine Hicks was the best part of this movie, though. Like, oh, like she so was good. the most yes. entertaining, enjoyable part of this movie. And I think her and Shatner had a great chemistry. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Yeah, dude, I, I 
love this film. It, it's fun and silly. It's far for sure. It's for sure. It's my favorite Star Trek film. Like the whole premise of going back in time to save the world by saving whales is just ridiculous. But it's fun. So I think this is, and I think for me, when you start thinking about this film, right? I think this was like Leonard Nimoy saying, "Okay, well, we can be poignant even in this time." So. And I feel like this was Leonard Nimoy saying, we can make this poignant to our time while going into the future and saying, well, what happens, what could happen in our realm, in our universe, if an alien probe comes back and they try to contact like a dinosaur or something that was there in that time period and they can't. Right, like they're gonna be frustrated, yeah, be pissed. So, what are they gonna assume? They're gonna assume that whoever's the dominant species on this planet has hunted whatever was their friends, whatever was their contacts into extinction. Save these whales, but we're also gonna show in our time period, in wherever we are, we are so much more advanced. Than what we have here. So this is in 1980s, right? And I remember this part. There is a lady, and Dr. McCoy gets her, and she's like, "Oh, well, I'm suffering from dialysis." And Dr. McCoy's like, "What is this? this the Stone Ages?" And he gives her like this, <laughs> yeah. gives her this pill, and that's like the end of it. And and a worse movie would have just been like, "Okay, well, we could assume he's from the future. She's gonna get over her dialysis." And it comes back, and she he's like rushing out of the hospital, and she's like, "Oh my God, thank you so much! I grew another kidney." And you're like, yeah, oh, definitely. Um, uh, I do have to say, like, you know, to sum this movie up, it is a fish out of water sort of story or comedy, right? And that, and that's not even just about the whales, but that's about the the Star Trek crew themselves and how they are so not used to the 80s, like, that time period. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, But, before we get into our ratings, let's take a quick break. You've been listening to Fourth Cut Reviews. We're taking a break, but stay tuned and more maniacal offerings will be presented to you by Chris and crew. All right. Um, that was a very special guest, and thanks for giving us a shout-out. Um, yeah, so guys, let's get back into the ratings. Um, Chris R., you go uh, first. Honestly, I would put this one like six, six and a half, um, somewhere in there. I do not just so everybody knows the scale that I go on. It's either whole numbers or halves. I don't go below those. Um, just so everyone knows. And like, well, is he going to be like a 6.1.2? Like it, it doesn't get that difficult with me. Like it would be a six, six and a half. I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, like the movie, there was just some things that, didn't stick for me and again might just be because it was my first time watching might also be because i didn't watch the original series um at the time of my viewing of this movie um but yeah i i think it's an enjoyable movie and if i had to put it 
in a ranking of them so far, it would be just under Wrath of Khan. It would be uh, two, three, or sorry, two, four, three, and then one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, everything I love about Star Trek is in this movie. Uh, so <laughs> I, it's hard for me not to give it anything except a 10. I love this movie. I can watch it anytime, pick it up. If it's on TV or whatever, I will sit and watch it. It's just so... I could jump in anytime on this movie. Um, And I love the cast. I love the crew. I love the story. So, yeah, it's a 10. It's a 10 for me. Wow, each is going 10. This is probably only the one or two movies that you're giving a 10. Yeah. It's a, it's the rewatch factor is like incredible. That's how I, if I can watch a movie over and over and over again without any issues, it's a perfect movie. And so a perfect movie gets a 10 for me. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, as I've said before, like, this is not the best acted film, in my opinion. But what does have is a poignant message, it has a little bit of lightheartedness to it. I love, and certain people that I know that have picked up Star Trek afterwards, they always point to this one scene, and it's Kirk and Spock, and they're on this bus, and this guy is, like, blasting music. And I'm sure you guys know what song, that, what scene I'm talking about. He's blasting, mm-hmm. like, this, like, punk music. And he, like, kind of, like, gives him, like, a yes. flip-off. And I remember watching this when I was younger, and I remember loving it, but I remember the scene, not necessarily what happens in it, but when revisiting it, the fact that Spock gives this, like, punk rocker the Vulcan nerf pinch, I remember (laughs) laughing hysterically when I revisited it. And the fact that, like, there's, like, a delay, right? There's a delay before between the fact that he gives it to them and the fact that everybody on the bus, it's like a, a like a split second delay. Everybody claps. I'm like, man, like, yeah. like Leonard Nimoy really understood what to do here. So that being said, you know, I've I've done my little soliloquy on what I feel. I am also in agreement with you, EJ. I am giving us a ten. Wow, is, is that my your first ten? Yes, you know, I'm very critical on tens, but. I feel like the message is there. I feel like if more people watch this movie, the world's and I'm getting a little bit Tommy Wiseau here. Love you, Tommy. The world would be a better place to live if more people had watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I I think this this is likely the Star Trek film with the widest appeal. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like anyone can kind of watch it and get into it. Um, Unlike, you know, uh, Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock, they kind of go hand in hand with each other. Like, you could probably watch Wrath of Khan and be fine, but three, you have to see two. This, you don't have to see any of them, and you could just watch it, and I feel like you would be like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like it. You know what I mean? It could stand alone very well. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like it a lot. I really, really like it a lot. And I know uh, that scene that you were talking about, um, Kirk Thatcher, he plays the punk. 
and he he does a lot of like uh, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, he actually made a cameo in Spider Man Homecoming um, as like a punk as well. But um, Leonard Nimoy was inspired. He he like was a little bit of annoyed by this guy like walking around with a radio. He was like, oh man, if I was a Vulcan in real life, I'd just give him the neck pinch because <laughs> that music is ridiculous, right? And so that's that's how he wrote that scene into the movie. But yeah, no, guys, I'm I'm really I just love uh, that scene too. I'm, I'm where like where oh, um so Spock and Catherine Hicks character and Kirk they're all in this like a truck. And Catherine Hicks character oh, Yes and Catherine Hicks character is like, Well, obviously this guy over here knows a little bit like a little bit more than what we've released, like anybody. He's like smart, right? And he's like, Well, Captain, I had to go in there and like swim with the whales because if those whales were ours to do with what we pleased, we would be no better than the hunters that forced them into extinction. And she's just like, What? <laughs> it's just like it's just like such a great <laughs> line. It's such a great character. And like I said, I can't wait because I think you and I are going to dress up when we do like this like post-pandemic road trip all the way to Monterey. We're going to dress up as Kirk and Spock. There's going to be some photos, and we're going to try to save the whales. We might even hold a fundraiser for the whales. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, no, I, 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 seriously, I love this movie so much. And um, But, all right, well, now that we gave our ratings, Chris R., yeah, I mean, just like you guys should definitely follow this podcast. Um, check it out on Instagram and everything, because I am definitely stealing Chris Conforti's bit right here. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, <laughs> j- I like I we appreciate your support, and it's awesome to be on and be able to talk about movies with you guys. Oh, dude, it's always a pleasure. It's uh, I love having you on, and I know you know this movie didn't. You know, hit all the notes for you, but I I am glad you got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day you revisit it and you go, oh damn, this. this So also to clarify, like I do not think this is a bad movie. I would watch this again, no problem. Oh no. Um, honestly, I'd probably watch. Uh, so far, every even numbered Star Trek movie, um, multiple times. The odd ones, eh, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, Chris. Yeah, you can follow us on our YouTube. We're at Fourth Cut Reviews. We're going to be switching to video reviews here shortly, which means if you want to see my ugly mug, EJ's ugly mug, eventually Chris's ugly mug, which is going to like disintegrate all our viewers. You know, you can follow us on that. Not all the time agree on movies, but that's what's great about the show is you know we could agree with movies, we could disagree with movies. That's the way it is, and you know we have we have fun just kind of discussing it. And yeah, I mean, if you want to follow us on our Instagram, on our Twitter, you just kind of taking that over a little bit. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, guys. Uh, thank you very much for the plugs, and thank you both for being on. Um. Yeah. I I would just like to plug really fast. My friend Adam Farley's music. You could check it out on Adam Farley Music mm-hmm. on Instagram. Wait. Or you could just could, can I, any could of the songs. Can I uh, make an addendum to this? 
So, so Adam yeah. Farley will actually be joining us for a podcast review. We actually let me know today. We're going to be at some point in maybe late March, early April. We're actually going to be reviewing The Wraith, which our, our yes. good buddy Adam Farley has actually done a cover of one of the songs that were in that movie. So Adam will be joining us. Yeah, and I can, I cannot wait um, for that. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> um I can't wait for your reaction because Adam and I watched that movie a lot when we were kids. I've seen it. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen. Okay. Oh, I've seen it before. So you did I see remember it? like being like, eh, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I I have a funny story, but I'll I'll save it for <laughs> that episode when we do the race. It's a funny story about Adam Farley and the creator of the Crow. Um, so. The crow? It, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, I want to plug Ooh. that. Yeah, the crow. I we'll talk about <laughs> it when we get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh with that, I just have to say, live long and prosper. Mm-hmm.